You're listening to the BCHL Podcast, the official podcast of the BCHL. Into the goal, he scores! He scores! And they just win by four! Driving to the net, he scores! From his backhand to his forehand. A shorthanded breakaway. Right in, scores! Shoots his one, third hand, Here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. We're back again with another off-season edition of the BCHL Podcast. And we have another two great interviews for you from our archives. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that the BCHL Podcast is presented by Fortis BC. Fortis BC is a longtime sponsor of the BC Hockey League, and we thank them for their continued support. On today's show, we have a couple of former NHL players, both who have sons who played in the BCHL last year and helped out with our NHL Bloodline series that we ran during the pod season. First up, we speak with Gary Volk, who played 13 seasons in the NHL. And after that, we speak with Mark Recchi, who is a Hockey Hall of Famer and three-time Stanley Cup champion. Coming up first is our interview with Gary Volk, who, as I mentioned earlier, played 13 seasons in the NHL. He broke in as a rookie in the 1990-91 season with the Vancouver Canucks and went on to play for the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Chicago Blackhawks before he finished out his career in the 2002-2003 season. His son Garrett just wrapped up his second season in the BCHL. Last year, he played with the Chilliwack Chiefs as a rookie and participated in this past year's pod season with the Trail Smoke Eaters. We chatted with Gary about coaching his son at the North Shore Winter Club, being recognized around Vancouver as a former Canuck, and the social media initiative that him and his wife took on to advocate for kids getting back on the ice in the province of BC. Garrett was born, I think it was the last year of your pro career. Um, I know from doing these stories, talking with guys, they, they've gotten really appreciated the experience having to, to have their kids in the dressing room. But obviously, Garrett was probably a little too young for that. Was it a, a little bit disappointing that he wasn't old enough to, to come around the room and, and kind of see what you did for a living? Oh, I mean, for sure. We, he has an older sister that got to experience it when I was with the Toronto Maple Leafs and we have some great pictures of it and some great memories with her. And yeah, it was funny with him. It was, I was playing right at the end of my career and, um, he, the plan was to try to have him born in the States when, wherever I was playing in Chicago. And then the doctor shut down uh, my wife so she couldn't travel. So he was born in Canada and, Pretty much a couple of months after that, I retired and he never got to enjoy it. Now, one of the pluses of that are I got to enjoy his whole hockey career from when he started skating at two years old at the North Shore Winter Club till even today. I could spend still time on the ice with him whenever he has the opportunity and I do. So it, it's been that's been the plus side of it where you can. You can uh, enjoy every phase of his career. Yeah, and Garrett and I talked about it briefly, but I, I did know that you coached him uh, when he was younger. What, what was that experience like? He mentioned that you weren't afraid to sit him on the bench if, if he deserved it, but uh, what, what was it like coaching him? Yeah, you know what? It was it was a lot of fun. My dad 
coached me a little bit, but he never had a bunch of opportunities to do it. So I, I, my main thing for Garrett and for all the kids he grew up with were to give them incredible development at a reasonable price and keep the cost down and pick up as much ice as we could get and just really be there each and every day. Obviously I didn't need the money for coaching. So I was a volunteer coach and at times coaching your own kid can have its own, own dilemmas. But what I loved about Garrett, even when he was younger, he was a great listener. He was very in tuned. He was very easy to coach and at times I could talk to other players and he was always paying attention. And that's what probably helped him get to the next step of playing junior hockey in one of the best junior leagues in the world is the fact that he's a great uh, student of the game. So you, you're, you're obviously, you're, your family is, is here now. You came into the, the NHL with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you worked in the media here as well, so, so people know you pretty well. Um, what's it like kind of being uh, associated with a team like the Canucks that's obviously so important to the people in the province and kind of living life day-to-day with people recognizing you as a Vancouver Canuck? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Even with masks on, the Canucks, Hockey fans are so crazy, they recognize you. <laughs> now, I have a unique jawline, but still, they are, they are very in tune. It's, it's amazing to me where um, fans are so passionate. I get fan mail still sent to me almost every day. And, uh, and you know, and just sign it and get back, touch touch base with the fans. I, I sell real estate in Vancouver. So I'm in the media quite a bit or in the public's eyes quite a bit because to be good at that job, you, you have to put yourself out there, but it's funny, even in real estate, 50% of my clients didn't know I played in the NHL. It's more the realtors that know. So it's, it's pretty unique in that situation, but Vancouver hockey around here, the junior a leagues across the province in the small towns are what are what you know it's just amazing the support they all get and all of that from all of that flows back to the vancouver canucks to the nhl players and as a canuck player i really sensed it there's a few stories or even myself and brandon morrison we hosted a fishing show for a few years and we go to places like Cayucic and they would have ceremonies honoring us as ex NHL <laughs> hockey players through the Canucks and bring out all their elders and <laughs> and yeah, it was pretty special. It means so much to this province. But the BCHL is it touches so many areas. It's so spread out, especially now with Cranbrook. You got Cranbrook to PG to Powell River. You touch junior hockey is touched all throughout this whole province. And that's why I'm so happy they're back playing. You mentioned the the crazy Canucks fans and, and kind of a good example of that was the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. You were part of Sportsnet's coverage there and uh, you and Don Taylor were broadcasting from outside of his GM place at the time and people crowded around and going crazy. Uh, what, what do you remember about that that time when you were an analyst with Sportsnet? Yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable. And I mean, I was I was actually, uh, Garrett got to see a lot of that. And I'm very happy he did. I was able to manage some tickets for him from actually a guy, uh, uh, Sean Thornton, who played with the Bruins. He didn't have any family here. So he set me up with tickets uh, to the cup final. 
And I'll never forget, I mean, game seven was crazy. The city was rioting and stuff was going on. And and uh, we had a flight the next morning at 6 a.m. To, to get Garrett to a hockey tournament in Winnipeg, the Subway Classic. <laughs> and we got home about four o'clock, got to the airport, Abbotsford, flew over there. I was racing to the game. I get a speeding ticket, <laughs> get Garrett to the game. And uh, that's that that was a pretty no, not it was a pretty unique memory of just I mean, we couldn't travel. It took us two hours to get home to North Vancouver from downtown. It was just every street was closed. There were fires. There were people everywhere. It was, it was remarkable. But, you know, Vancouver is so passionate. If the Canucks could ever go on a run like that again, I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure. It was kind of the start of it because even in Toronto, when, when I played there, we made the Final Four. But I don't now you they have a whole plaza set up, right? Yeah. And they never really had that, like, you know, the Canuck Plaza or Leafs Nation or or they kind of started that in the last four or five years to keep everybody in one area, but they never really had that when I played with the Leafs. So now now that Garrett's a, a full time player in the BCHL and you've you've been so close with him, coaching him and stuff and watching him grow as as a player and as a person, what what's it like kind of seeing that growth and where he was when he was a lot younger to to where he is now in the BCHL? Yeah, it's it's always a development. I mean, it's development each and every day. And I to me personally with him, he he's just had really good coaching when he was in Chilliwack and now in trail, he's had great coaching. They've paid attention to detail. He doesn't need me anymore for that. I don't coach him at all for probably the last five years, as far as what he should be doing. I'm more of a support role. Now you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. So I I offer more support. Now for him, if he asks me a specific question, I, I try to answer it, but it's more, I just enjoy it every day, watching him, watching his compete, watching, you know, watching him grow, even being in trail now, now he's in a, in a bubble in Penticton. He's had to grow up so much over the last three years. So I'm very fortunate. I can watch him for another two years. And then hopefully his dreams come true and he can go off to a college in the States. Yeah, that's, that's where I want to go next. You looking at your career, you went the the traditional, like there's a traditional route kind of in the BCHL that's junior A, Div 1, and then pros. And that's that's the route you went. Uh, why, why do you think that's becoming more a more prevalent path for, for NHL players to take? Like you look at the NHL now and I think it's like a third of the league comes from college hockey. Why do you think that is? Well, I liked it for me, as, and Garrett's the same boat as me. We're both end-of-the-year birthdays, and um, it just gives us a lot longer time to develop, right? So the way I look at it, you, you're still a prospect. At, like Kawaguchi just signed with Dallas at 25 years old or 24 years old, where you can be a prospect a lot longer. And you have, instead of trying to play in the American Hockey League at 20, which is probably the hardest league to play in it, like in the world, because you're competing against your own teammates as well as the call-ups for that position on that team. So you're competing against the league and your own teammates at 20 years old, where you could go to college, adapt, grow, and then at 23, 24, if you're ready 
you're going to be a lot more physically ready for the NHL if you're good enough. So I did it more for me. Look, I could have played in the with the Prince Albert Raiders at 19 years old. Uh, I went to their camp, led camp in scoring. That was the year they won the Memorial Cup. Something just told me to go back to junior hockey. Like it was just, it was just before social media, before everything, to go back and play in the AJHL. And and sure enough, you know, I had a big year in the AJHL. And I got drafted, and that all happened to me at 19 years old. I tell Garrett all the time he's way ahead of where I was at his age because he's just getting better. And you know, and plus, you, as a player, I got better till I was 29, 30 years old. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just always set a goal to get better each and every year at something. And and I found in college it gave me more opportunity to practice and to do that. I guess I'll finish up here. You were you were vocal about how important it was to get BCHL players and all junior hockey players, for that matter, back on the ice uh, after everything was shut down and, and no one was really playing games. Why was that such an important cause for you to, to get the kids back on the ice? Well, I think I, I you know what, look, I, I my daughter was a she was a national tennis player. Um, I know how important it was for her. It's between 16 and 18, 19 years old. <laughs> If she would have missed those years, you know, it would have been devastating for her. I think back if I would have missed a year or two of hockey when it was so crucial, would my love of the game have remained the same? Could I have withheld my mental toughness through it all? It's just, it's just crucial. And I think at times our kids, that to me, they have no voice. And myself and my wife, Tanya, it was more her idea going, we need to, we need to do something. We can't just sit back and have, give these kids no voice. So obviously I'm blessed to have a social media platform and it kind of rolled. We got 5,000 signatures really quick. We're able to communicate what I think the league was able to communicate what they were able to do. It opened up a lot of eyes. It gave the kids hope. And sure enough, they've played 10 games in their bubbles and, and it's not ideal. Look, let's face it, to be in a hotel for this long, it's not ideal, but at least they're playing. I feel so sorry for that 20-year-old in Ontario. It was important for me to do that, to do it for Garrett, for sure, but to do it for all the kids. And I had so many letters and notes from former kids I used to coach and their parents and kids who are, are in the NHL now that I coached. Or, or they're going to get drafted and just so thankful. These kids have no voice. They're on social media, but really they have no voice. So I wanted to help them with that. And then last question, when it did get announced that the, the, the league was coming back um, for a shortened 20 game, game season, what was the reaction from you and your family when, when that became well, we, official? We went out. Yeah, we went out and celebrated. <laughs> nice. with, yeah, we, yeah. we went out to a great spot, the Arms Reach Bistro and had a nice dinner. And, and uh, you know what? It, it's more, and truthfully, it's more even for next year. We need to show we can do things safely. We need to show we can have faith in our youth to do things correctly and to sacrifice. And we need to still recruit to the BCHL, which is the best league in North America. And we need to show players in North America, our league is playing hockey, to recruit to this league, to give it value for even next year. 
but yeah, we went out and celebrated for sure. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get through these next two games safely. And then hopefully there's a plan for the BCHL to, to be onwards and upwards starting September and, and never look back. Absolutely. Well, that's actually all I got for you. So thanks a lot Great. for taking a few minutes. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. You take care. Yeah, you too. Talk thanks, Gary. Big thank you to Gary Valk for the time. Next up, our second interview is with former NHL player and Hockey Hall of Famer Mark Recchi. As I mentioned earlier, Recchi is a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He won his first cup in 1991 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. His next one was in 06 with the Carolina Hurricanes. And he wrapped up his career in fine fashion in 2011 when he won the Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins. Since retiring from playing hockey, he's gotten into coaching and is currently an assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils. This past season, his son Cam was a rookie with the Salmon Arm Silverbacks and played his first season in the league and also recently announced his commitment to the University of St. Thomas. We talked with Mark about having Cam around for a couple Stanley Cup celebrations, about how he approaches giving his son advice after watching his games, and about Mark's time spent in the BC Junior Hockey League in 1984-85 when he played with the Langley Eagles. When Cam was young, uh, what was his relationship with hockey like early on? Like, did he take to it right away? What What was that process like? Yeah, he definitely he definitely took it to uh, took to it right away. Um, you know, like no, like now three four had him skating. Um, didn't push him too much early. Um, well, I didn't really push him ever, but um, but didn't push the, the hockey too much until he was probably five or six, and then started getting involved in the programs in Pittsburgh and then uh, just kind of went from there. Yeah. I hear from in doing these stories, we hear that a, a lot of the the sons, their, their first kind of experience of what made them really kind of latch onto the game is getting to be around the dressing room. Uh, you were obviously still in your playing career when he was born and when he was young, was that something that he did was cam around the room a lot? Oh yeah. He was around the room a ton and, uh, you know, he was always, he was always there, always part of it. He'd come to practices, come to morning skates, come to games. Yeah. He was, you know, the trainers would, were always awesome with him and, and put him to work and, and uh, you know, help with the guys. And, and obviously the teammates are always great too. So, you know, he has, uh, you know, we've got lots of cool pictures of, you know, him skating with different guys and, you know, just hanging out with them. And it's, uh, it's pretty neat. So yeah, he was around and it definitely, it definitely helps. I mean, there's no question about it. You get around, get around the dress room like that and, and uh, see how guys are and handle, handle themselves and uh, the whole bit. So it's kind of neat for young kids, I think. Yeah. And when, when he was born, you were in Philly, I believe. And then obviously you played for a few more teams along the way uh, until you retired, but were, were there certain guys that maybe he gravitated to or, or certain guys that were your teammates that were, were good with him and, and kind of gave him the time of day? Well, lots of, you know what, I thought I, they all did. They were all, you know, they were all so good with our, with our, you know, with our guys, with our, my young kids. And, and, uh, you know, like when I went to Carolina, I would say that, uh, like Mike Commodore was really good with them and, you know, was on the ice skating with them and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, Cam Ward and, uh, you know, like the goalie and, you know, so it was kind of neat, you know, you're always, 
you know, they're shooting on the goalies and the goalies are always great to play around with, and you know, let them score. And, and uh, but it's just, you know, Mike, I remember Mike uh, skating with him in Carolina. Um, you know, all my teammates really that I had, you know, from the time he was, you know, five, four, five, six years old, they treated him great. So, um, you know, I was in pit for those, you know, part of those times, uh, Philadelphia, so um, it was always good having them around and teammates, you know, that's the good thing about hockey players is they, you know, everybody's a family and, and everybody treats each other like family. So Cam was born in 2001. You didn't retire until 2011 and he was around 10 years old then. Um, did it mean, uh, was it a little bit extra special for you to have him around and for him to be old enough at around 10 years old to kind of start to understand what you did for a living and maybe appreciate how unique it was to um, have a father who was was playing NHL and, and ended up having a long, successful career? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and it was really neat. So obviously, you know, I won a cup in 06. He was, he was five. So he's not, you know, they're starting to figure things out then and, and he's having a blast with it, but really, you know, those last five years and then, and then to win in 11 when, you know, he really understands what the game's all about and what the Stanley cup is and, and everything. That was really, really neat thing to be, you know, to see your kids uh, be part of that. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the excitement, the enthusiasm, and, and they know exactly what it is. And it's, uh, it's a pretty neat feeling and, and just watching them and, you know, in the dressing room uh, after the game and, and uh, you know, just really enjoying it uh, because they understand it. So, so he, he was actually able to be there in Vancouver when you guys won? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. We had all our family. Yeah, yeah. so he was. They were in the dressing room, and they were spraying beer and <laughs> uh, and everything. I don't know if I should say that. But <laughs> they were spraying beer. They weren't drinking it. Yeah. So. They were spraying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So now uh, you're you're an assistant coach in the NHL with the Devils. You've you've been a coach in the league for for a long time now. Uh, do you still find way a way to watch most of his games? Yeah, I just finished watching. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> so, a, a crazy game, hey? <laughs> yeah, really crazy game. Yeah. So yeah, just finished. I watched. Uh, that's the great thing with my hockey is I can still even if I don't get a chance, I can still watch it. Yeah. So um, that's the great thing about that. So I watch every every one of his games, and, and uh, you know he's uh, so it's really good. I, you know it's it's fun to watch, and it's it's uh, you know it's neat to be at least you feel even though it's so far away, it's you know you still feel like you're part of it. And you you obviously have a lot of knowledge for the game, having played so long and now coached for quite a while as well. Um, how do you approach that relationship with him where you want to be helpful and maybe coach him up a bit, but also still keep that father-son relationship? Yeah, you know what? I've, all, I've never been one to really push. So um, I've always just kind of like if there's times like, you know, my dad said the same thing to me. Just when you get out there, I just want you to compete your, your hardest and, and try your best and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to do things, but you know, as long as you enjoy the game and having fun, that's the most important part and, and give it a hundred percent. And and that's what I do. And, and I do talk to him about a little things, uh, um, you know, but he, he's a really good self-assessor. Uh, he self-assesses his game very well. So I really don't have to say too, too much. Um, there will be little things. I'll see if he's shooting the pocket, if he's fading away on his shots or stuff like that. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that to him and he'll really realize right away. So, um, you know, wall play stuff, things like that. I'll, I might just mention something and, 
Um, but you know, the good thing is he, he self-assesses his game very well. Um, and that's a, that's a good thing. And so I don't have to say a whole bunch <laughs> to him. So it's, it's kind of nice. We can just keep it father and son. So well, obviously with the shortened season and, and the long delay that we had here in the BCHL, um, fans might not be, might not, uh, be as familiar as they would, uh, with cam and the type of player he is, um, in a normal year when, when we would have been playing a ton of games. So, um, in your eyes, uh, when you think about cam as a player, what kind of a, a player is he? Well, I, I think Cam's a, a, a 200 foot uh, forward. Uh, can play any position. Can play, you know, he can play up the lineup. He can play down the lineup. Um, you know, he can. He's uh, his hockey IQ is very good. His compete level is very good, and he's a good skater. So, you know, he has a lot of good qualities, and and um, you know, he's just really, you know, he's just kind of got a breakthrough right now. Um, you know, I think I think it's coming for him there. Um, just you know, not playing for so long, and um, you know, I think you know he's just he's a he's a he's a real solid player. He's uh, you know, to me as a coach, he's a he's a coach's like player. Like you, you, that's the type of player you want. You know, he's reliable. Doesn't really cheat. He, he plays the game the right way. And uh, to me, those are attributes that I want as a coach and, and I'm going to get him out there and, and he can play with top players. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's hockey IQ is good enough where he can play with elite players. Uh, he can help. And, uh, you know, so he can play power play, penalty kill. He can kind of do a little bit of everything, which is, like I said, like a little bit of a coach's, uh, you know, what, what you're looking for as a coach. Do you see any similarities in, uh, in uh, his game compared to yours? Yeah, he passes the puck really well. Um, he really passes the puck well. He's, you know, um, his wall play is terrific. Um, I, that's some of the app. You know, that's what I, I was really good on the walls. Uh, he's a really good winger on the walls, and, and he's got those same same attributes. And and uh, and he can really pass the puck. He's got great vision. Um, you know, and, and he's a good skater. So, um, you know, and he competes. So, which is good. So those are, you know, some similarities that I, that I definitely see. So Cam's played, uh, in the, the North American hockey league NH- NAHL. Uh, you played a handful of games in the USHL SJHL for this season. Why did, uh, him and, and I guess the family as well. Why did you guys end up, um, having him play in the BCHL this year? Well, we just, you know what, he was, uh, he was in Muskegon and then uh, they had a bunch of college guys come back. Um, uh, the Ivy League college guys, they had like three or four guys come back. So um, there just wasn't going to be a ton of ice time for them. And then we started making a couple calls to the BCHL. We had actually talked to Sam and Iron this year before a little bit. And his name a little bit the year before. So, you know, it just kind of all came into play. Obviously, I know I know Tyler from Kamloops, uh, Shattuck, the head coach. Um, you know, he played for the Blazers and I'm part of the, you know, obviously the group in the, with the Blazers. So we, um, you know, we just made a couple calls and, and decided that Sam and Arm was the right fit. It just, it seemed like it was the right fit for him. Um, you know, he wants to play as a 20, he wants to come back next year and, and, uh, you know, play a full year of juniors, um, you know, kind of be a leader type guy. So that, that, that you know, those are the reasons really just that we wanted them to get into a place for for a couple of years where he can, you know, really start to thrive and, and just take off. And, and hopefully, you know, he has uh, D1 aspirations. So, 
uh, hopefully he gets, uh, you know, he gets some colleges looking at him and we can get him to that next step. So you actually played in our league as well uh, in 84, 85, back when it was the BCJHL. Uh, you played yeah. for the, the Langley Eagles. What do you remember about that time? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I was actually, I was actually living in newest Mr. though, cause I was uh, protected at that time by the Bruins. And uh, that's where, you know, some of us were, were down in Langley. So I would drive back and forth from Langley and newest Mr. in practice, but uh, absolutely love it. Ron Coleman was a coach. Uh, we had a, we had a very veteran team when I first got there and then they, they traded them all away. And I, I really enjoyed my experience in the BC JHL, I guess it was back then. So uh, I loved it. It was a great stepping stone for me to get to the WHL the next year. And uh, it prepared me for it. And I was, I was ready to play, uh, you know, major junior at 17. And and a big reason for that, because I played in that that, that league at 16. I think it's a great league. I think they do a great job there. So, you know, it's a development league, which I love. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's, that's not the case for some other leagues. And I think that's, the BC should, they should be proud because that uh, you know it really is a true development. Huge thank you to Mark Recky for the time. Well, that wraps up another off-season edition of the BCHL podcast. Another huge thank you to my guests Gary Volk and Mark Recky. Thank you to our producer Greg Ballack, and of course, thank you to our presenting sponsor. Fortis BC. Hope you enjoyed listening to a couple interviews from our archives. Uh, Both Gary and Mark helped out with NHL Bloodlines features earlier in the year. Uh, So we decided to share the full interviews with you. Obviously, we can only use a small portion of quotes from the interviews in a written piece. So uh, this way you get the full conversation and uh, get the full perspective. Look out for more episodes like this throughout the summer. We still have a bunch of interviews in the bank that we are planning to share with you. So don't go anywhere. Um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, we aren't going to be going weekly throughout the summer, but we'll release an episode every couple weeks, two times a month. So do watch out for those and don't look now, but the NHL draft is actually right around the corner. It's just under a month away. The draft takes place on Friday, July 23rd and Saturday, the 24th. And of course, as usual, we will have plenty of lead up coverage talking to all the BCHL players who are ranked and uh, could potentially be drafted so uh, we'll have a ton of coverage on that on our podcast and uh, written on our website as well all right everyone that does it for us here at the bchl podcast thanks again for listening and we will talk to you again very soon